when it comes to the tongue and what you can tell about someone's general health, there's quite a lot of things and there's different patterns of the tongue. But for instance, deficiencies like a B12 deficiency and other B vitamin de- deficiencies can be seen sometimes by reddening on the tongue. There's also a vitamin C deficiencies and other deficiencies. There's also different tongue conditions. There's one called geographical tongue where people get patches on the tongue. Yeah, that might indicate that may be something that's like an autoimmune thing. Some people get sore, kind of burning burning mouth and, and burning tongue. People get ulcers on the tongue. So those are the kind of things. But mainly, if someone has a problem with the tongue, then you're really looking towards generally deficiencies and it can be time for a blood test just to check if it's something that's ongoing. It can be time for a blood test just to check the levels of different vitamins and whether there's some vitamin or mineral that is lacking that might be important to address. Welcome to this week's episode of Live Well, Be Well with your host, Sarah Ann Macklin. Now, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about our teeth. Maybe quite an unexpected one to listen to, but one that I think is really important. Because according to the Mental Health Foundation, tooth decay is one of the most common health problems in the UK. Over half of adults in the UK have one or more decayed or damaged teeth. And over half, nearly three quarters of children aged 8 to 15 have some tooth decay in their teeth. This is quite a worrying statistic and our teeth can say a lot about our health internally, which you'll find out from today's episode. I also find it really interesting that we spend a lot of money on our hair care, on our skin care and to help reduce the signs of ageing. But surely a big sign of our ageing is also our teeth. So are your teeth ageing you? Is that a question you've ever thought about? It's one after this podcast that has definitely made me think. So to help me explore our teeth health, our dental hygiene, and actually how you can spot nutritional deficiencies within your mouth, I speak to Dr. Richard, who is a leading Harley Street dentist practising today. Dr. Richard, welcome to Live Well, Be Well today. Firstly, happy new year. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Happy new year to you also. (laughs) So the last time I came to see you was just before Christmas and we were discussing about getting you on because actually it's one thing that we don't think about, but is our teeth. And if we look at the aging process, a lot of people spend all this money on, you know, beauty products and healthcare things. But a big ager is your teeth, and that can be one of the the main direct physical things that you can see in somebody. So I thought, actually, let's get you on and talk about dental health and the importance of it and how we can look after our teeth and what not to do for our teeth. So first of all, can you just let everyone know who you are, where you practice, and why did you get into dentistry? Great. Well, I'm Dr. Richard Marks. I'm a dentist, as uh, as you know, and I have special interest in cosmetic den- and aesthetic dentistry, but I also have a grounding in restorative dentistry. So cosmetic dentistry includes things such as teeth whitening, teeth straightening, dental veneers, bonding, 
And then restorative dentistry could include changing metal fillings to white fillings. So it's important to have a grounding in the restorative dentistry as well as the aesthetic. And I also do some facial aesthetics, which we can discuss in a way, and that, that includes some botox and filler treatment. I'm based in two Devonshire Place, which is in the Harley Street area in Marlebone, central London. There's a lot of private healthcare clinics here, and there's other dental specialists and private GPs, and we sometimes refer to each other and work together as a more holistic um, base. And I'm a big believer in kind of holistic care. We also have acupuncture in the area. We have a podiatrist foot doctor. We've got hypnosis as well and so many different types of things and as i said private gp for blood tests and vaccinations and vitamins and infusions and things so we've got a broad range of things and we can all work together so when we're looking at our health today a lot of us have always strived for the aesthetic side but we're now becoming more familiar with the mental health side of things and also you know our overall health state we want to live longer we want to feel better But not many people think about that your teeth can affect your health as well. So how can poor dental hygiene affect your overall health? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question. And as we have talked about, you know, wellness and also the holistic nature of things. So there's two main things. Firstly, there's your gum health and then there's your teeth health, which can also encompass teeth grinding. So with the gum health, the gums is part of your body and blood system, um, which is connected to your cardiovascular system. So the studies of that show that people with poor gum health, that can actually affect the heart health because the bacterial entry into the bloodstream can go directly to the cardiovascular system. So it's really important for people to keep good gum health, which is via a variety of things, really good brushing. There's interdental cleaning, which is cleaning between the teeth, which is one of the most important things. So that could either be flossing. Then the other important thing is to see the dental hygienist regularly for cleaning. So having the gums checked and, and cleaned regularly is also important for maintaining gum health. Another really important thing, as we've said, is the health of the teeth. Decay can cause problems with the nerve. And then when people have any infections or even if they're low level, that can affect your overall health. So if your body is fighting a dental infection, then you will be feeling very unwell and it can affect your general feeling of wellness. And then finally, we come to that talk about grinding that's another interesting thing where grinding can cause problems with the teeth, obviously, but it can cause problems in the jaw joint, the TMJ, that's the temporomandibular joint. Some people have heard of TMJ disorder, and that can cause clicking, pain, headaches, migraines. So important in that way is trying to relax, relaxation techniques, which can include meditations And then also there's a bite guards that you can have made from your dentist to take the pressure off the joint in the teeth, the jaw joint in the teeth. And then there's other methods such as Botox injection into the masseter muscles, which clench 
down, which can relax them and then allow the joint to relax and the teeth and the grinding to reduce. So there's a few things there that all kind of lead into the general wellness. But there's also things like lichen planus and and other disorders of that type. And these are almost like dermatology of the mouth. So you can have eczema on the skin, um, but similarly, you can have white patches in the mouth. And sometimes they can be sore and sometimes they need to be checked. Yeah, obviously something that can be a problem that has to be checked for, um, but we don't want to panic anybody Mm -hmm. It's oral cancers. But that would be generally a heavy smoker or drinker. Is it also people that might suffer with autoimmune conditions? So somebody that might have an autoimmune reaction can get a lot of ulcers in their mouth and things like that. Absolutely. Mm. So there's things like Bechet's disease and people can have mouth ulcers from that. Also Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis because the mouth is the actual beginning of the system of the digestive system so that's the entry into the digestive system so it also has mucosa just like the esophagus and intestine it can similarly become inflamed so that's all related to that and that's so interesting there's a lot that you can tell from your mouth and I think sometimes we are not really aware we're sometimes aware of the aesthetic side of it but actually when you're looking inside or going to see a dentist these things are really important to be aware of so if you're grinding too much I mean I have to say you know I am an avid grinder I grind most I grind so much last year that I chipped a tooth yeah it was really bad <laughs> a lot of people do grind so you're not alone in that but, but a lot of people do you know there's different stress. severities absolutely yeah. and we live such busy lives now you know the urban life and and generally people are juggling many things and grinding is a way of processing things that have happened in the day and it's a way of also processing things that you're thinking about that are upcoming so it's easy to say for people to relax yeah absolutely so let's go into the hygiene of our teeth the big question that I want to ask you which I think many people I have a debate about this with kind of many people that I've lived with over the years flatmates and things are you meant to clean your teeth before or after breakfast yes interesting one (laughs) and it is a debate the official line is after but the only thing is you have to wait for 30 minutes after because initially once you've had breakfast there's sugar and there's an acid attack on in on the teeth enamel so the enamel's temporarily weakened particularly if you have something like orange juice but any sugary things in any food and if you brush straight away you can actually damage the enamel and it can wear the enamel but alternatively if you don't have that time to wait after breakfast which not everyone does then it is better to brush before than than after because brushing straight after particularly after a heavily acidic thing like orange juice really can um, if people have a heavily acidic orange juice and then really scrub the teeth you know the enamel can wear quite considerably particularly if they're doing that in a repetitive manner you know consecutively over time what if you're getting up i'm literally having a personal session here but what if you get up brush your teeth and then have a coffee and go out the door I feel like that's most people's routine is that really bad (laughs) no no not not actually because if you were to have a coffee with sugar and then brush straight away it wouldn't be ideal so so all the sugar drinkers with their coffees 
this is not ideal. Another reason to cut no. the sugar out of your coffee. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we should get up and either brush our teeth and have a coffee and leave. But ideally, we should get up, have our breakfast, wait 30 minutes and then brush our teeth. Absolutely. That's really interesting. And can we overbrush? So with scrubbing of the enamel, there's something called abrasion which is a type of tooth wear. It was more common with manual toothbrushes where people would use the hard bristles on a manual toothbrush and they would scrub the teeth quite firmly and that could wear the enamel through toothbrushing. And the other thing is it can wear the gum and cause gum recession. Really scrubbing the gum can cause the gum to retreat back up. Which, which means you might lose your teeth. Well, it can't come back down, unfortunately. And what about our tongue? Because can you tell a lot from someone's tongue? Because there's all these things like tongue scrapers that have come out, which I'm sure it's very good to kind of take, you know, the plaque and the bacteria off your tongue. But, and I can imagine that's related quite badly to bad breath. But is there a lot that you can tell from your tongue? Yeah, so the things to address there is, yes, cleaning the tongue is really important. Cleaning the back of the tongue, which you can with a toothbrush or you can use a tongue scraper bacterias and also there's uh, compounds that can build up like sulfur containing compounds those can cause bad breath so by cleaning the tongue and the back of the tongue gives fresher breath and then when it comes to the tongue and what you can tell about someone's general health there's quite a lot of things and there's different patterns of the tongue but for instance, deficiencies like a B12 deficiency and other B vitamin deficiencies can be seen sometimes by reddening on the tongue. There's also vitamin C deficiencies and other deficiencies. There's also different tongue conditions. There's one called geographical tongue where people get patches on the tongue. Yeah, that might indicate that may be something that's like an autoimmune thing. Some people get sore kind of burning burning mouth and, and burning tongue. People get ulcers on the tongue. So those are the kind of things. But mainly, if someone has a problem with the tongue, then you're really looking towards generally deficiencies. And it can be time for a blood test just to check if it's something that's ongoing. It can be time for a blood test just to check the levels of different vitamins and whether there's some well, the vitamin or mineral that is lacking that might be important to address so important these things that I guess we don't really know that much about at all so I guess this is why it's really important actually to go and see a dentist once a year so you can actually have these things checked up for you by a professional so a big debate another big debate I love bringing in a debate yes, yes. fluoride so in September 2021 the four UK chief medical officers recommended adding fluoride to all tap water to help combat tooth decay. Currently in the UK, 1.6 million of us receive water with fluoride in, which is around 10% of the population. So we also buy, unless it's organic, a lot of toothpaste also have fluoride in. So before we kind of go on towards the cons that might be associated with fluoride, like what are the benefits or are there benefits for fluoride in tooth decay? Fluoride, in terms of dental health and what the British Dental Health, British Dental Association would recommend, fluoride in the tap water is good in terms of reducing decay, particularly in children whose teeth are very vulnerable to decay. So 
fluoride is something that is recommended. Because it is actually the leading cause of disease, isn't it, tooth decay in children? It's like one of the biggest problems that we face in the UK. Yeah, it's a really huge thing. And I used to work in hospital and they had children come in with absolutely worn teeth and decay. And it does say, I've just read on the Mental Health Foundation earlier today, actually, which I forgot to state, but over half of adults in the UK have one or more decayed or damaged teeth. So it is a really big problem. Definitely, definitely. I think people are becoming more aware, but at the same time, we've had a move towards more processed foods. Now there's many more processed foods and convenience foods that we maybe didn't have many years ago. People tend to have natural foods more freshly prepared and there weren't as many convenience foods. So those convenience foods and convenience drinks, (laughs) that's another thing. That's the area for debate. Should we actually be treating the root cause, which is our diet, or should we just be kind of putting that band-aid on and saying, well, keep going, we'll just put fluoride in your water and that will help reduce your tooth decay? Yeah, well, there definitely is a debate because the other side of the debate is to do with people's free will. You're imposing something on people that they don't necessarily have a choice in. From a dental point of view, where we're at now and from the children kind of angle, we would definitely recommend fluoride. But, you know, there is also that other side of things about looking after your diet um, and in countries where they don't have fluoride where the diets are much lower in sugar they actually don't get decay so there's definitely two sides this is a proper debate this is just like the <laughs> how we live in our western life it's kind of like well let's just kind of i don't say gluttony is the right word but let's just live for convenience and that could be detrimental to our health but let's just produce this thing that will help aid that convenience further it's it's such an interesting conversation because we don't ever really seem to be wanting to get to the crux of the problem (laughs) yeah yeah and and I agree with that they used to have this visual aid where you could see the sugar in each food and they would put like a small bag or sachet of food and you could see how much sugar was in each thing and it's amazing how much sugar there are in foods, even hidden sugars, such as in things like ketchup and breakfast cereals. Breakfast cereals are the worst. I mean, as a nutritionist, I guess I do speak about it from a dental point of view, but more I speak about it from an obesity point of view and weight gain. And obviously that our baskets are full up of processed foods. So we're getting less nutritious food in our diet and more sugar, which doesn't have much nutritional density in it at all. But when you flip it and you do look about it at the side of your teeth, it is absolutely frightening to see that this is basically why our teeth are being ruined. So it is a really important topic of conversation, I think. And it goes much more into like legislation and you know food manufacturers and people like that, I guess this conversation would go. But while we're on the conversation of diet, what else is bad for our teeth? Because I know when I came to see you and we were talking about, you know, how can you make your teeth more white? And you were saying things like blueberries and 
green tea and things like that actually can cause discoloration on the teeth. And I guess a lot of people think about red wine. And you always see that person who smoked for many years and they've got that discoloration. But, you know, when you hear blueberries, you think, Richard, why would you say that? It's really healthy food. (laughs) But actually looking at it from a teeth point of view, it's not the best. So enlighten the listeners into what might be not the best for the white, shiny gnashes that everyone wants. Yeah. So as you mentioned, in terms of fruit, blueberries, unfortunately, are one and dark berries like blackberries and raspberries. However, there are some naturally cleansing fruits. Strawberries is a surprising one because they have malic acid and the flesh of the strawberry is actually whiter. So they're a naturally cleansing food, as are apples, which again have malic acid, and pineapple, which has bromelain, which is an enzyme that breaks down staining compounds. Wow. So those, yeah, those are the fruits that are actually naturally cleansing. Dried fruit can be a bit of a problem because it can stick in the teeth and it can have a high sugar content. But foods such as milk or hard cheese can be especially hard cheese can be naturally cleansing it's got calcium i read about this last week because the question i was going to ask is is cheese good for for your teeth and it's true it is yes yeah they say harder cheeses rather than the softer overall okay and then obviously water when it comes to tibbles obviously red wine we've mentioned not being so good but what about sparkling water you said water but is sparkling water okay sparkling water yeah that's a very good point Anything fizzy, unfortunately, is carbonated and so it has carbonic acid. So sparkling water is not so good. Everything we think about is about moderation, Um, not just one way. And it's not, you know, obviously fruits are very good for your health. So we wouldn't say never, but things in moderation. Going back to kind of those drinks, red wine uh, is obviously the one that can stain teeth, but Conversely, white wine, champagne, proseccos are good, gin and tonic, uh, clear tequila, those kind of drinks are cleansing and better for teeth. So there are a few kind of both sides when it comes to purely looking at the tea. And green tea? Green tea, now, black tea is the worst, black or brown tea. If you look at a mug after that, then you can see that. Green teas, depending on how dark they are. So if it's like a lighter tea. Like a jasmine or something, that's quite exactly. likely. Exactly. And there are white teas as well. <laughs> I am a tea addict. So yeah, the tea thing for me is, is very important about making sure you can still have your tea and not damage your teeth too much. Yeah. The other thing is if you have um, tea or coffee with milk obviously people have nowadays oat milk and milk alternatives on milks coconut milk that will lessen the stain if you think again having a mug of tea if you had a black tea that would really stain the mug which would in turn stain your teeth but if you've got quite a bit of milk whichever milk or milk alternative you use that's going to really dilute it down and make it better so yeah but yeah there are many teas plain as well that are not as dark as a black tea Mm. yeah lots of different hairball varieties all i'm gonna have to remember is to brush my teeth 30 minutes post tea but i have a tea nearly every half an hour without an exaggeration so yeah i do remember there's been times when i've had to drink things through a straw and 
that was a new whole experience for me. So yeah, it's just really interesting because normally you talk about foods from a health perspective of aesthetically or mentally, but you don't think about it in terms of your teeth. And it is one of these things for so many people, especially listening and being like, oh, that's bad for my teeth, but it's good for my health. So you do have to take these things, I guess, with a pinch of salt, which is really, really important to just be a little bit more aware. So actually, if cleaning your teeth 30 minutes post breakfast and you have blueberries, then that's actually quite a good thing to think about as opposed to having blueberries and, and not brushing them. Exactly. And things like with a smoothie, again, through a straw, you know, don't limit yourself, you know, enjoy that and avoid takeaways if you can, because they have artificial colorings in. Another thing that can be a bit difficult is the energy drinks. So there's energy drinks, they can have quite a lot of sugar or, or be damaging to teeth and they're quite popular. So Going on to looking at things that are a bit more natural, organic toothpaste. There's a whole rise in organic products. So things like organic deodorants coming out. A lot of people want to have organic toothpaste. They don't want to have the fluoride in it and things like that. But would you recommend that as a dentist? So officially, again, according to the Dental Association, the official line is the toothpaste should have fluoride in it. But as we've discussed If you are willing to make those changes to your diet, then you can use organic toothpaste. And there's a mechanical side to the brushing, which is removing plaque and bacteria. So it's not absolute. So, you know, if somebody does want to use a more organic toothpaste, then they've got to make those dietary changes in return. Otherwise, they are going to end up with decay and gum problems. So, you know, people are becoming more responsible for their own general health. And in some, that relates to dental health as well. And these natural products, as you said, it's part of a movement, natural hair care, natural skin care and natural toothpaste. So less chemical, which is better for the soft tissues. So there are advantages there. Yeah, I guess you have to look at the whole picture, don't you? And that's what's really important. But I completely understand the organic. I've used organic toothpaste, but I can't stand the taste of it. But I do use natural organic deodorant and hair care. And I know a lot of my friends do, but the toothpaste for me has just been a little bit of a step too far in terms of that. But talking about toothpaste is something that I think you probably see a lot of people for. And also a lot of people want beautiful white teeth. Now, There's a lot of products on the market, which is like teeth whitening, toothpaste, make your teeth brighter. You can buy these, I I don't know what you'd call them, but you stick them on your teeth. Teeth whitening strips. Strips, things like that. I remember there was a product once that I bought when I was was young. My mum saw it in my room and she removed it and she said somebody's teeth fell out from using that. I mean, it's probably a massive exaggeration, but it scared the daylights out of me of ever buying something that was whitening again, you know, from the shelf or from the internet. So is there any cause of concern from all of these whitening products that you can see in the market? Because it can be quite hard to navigate for the, you know, the daily consumer to say, is this actually going to make my teeth worse in the long run? I think that's what we've got to think about. It's not just about now, it's about the long term of your teeth. Absolutely. So it's a really good question. It's something people think about a lot. And it is an important thing to point out. If you damage enamel and actually strip enamel, you can't get it back. You can remineralize enamel on a micro level, but you cannot replace 
enamel fully. So when we're looking at these things, firstly, starting with the whitening strips, it's really important to look at where you're buying them from. Things that are bought online generally are unregulated. Um, not saying that all online products are bad, but they don't have the same level of regulation. If you buy something from a pharmacy or store, they actually have more regulatory checks to make it to the shelf. So then if they've made it to the shelf of one of the leading pharmacies, then they can make it online as well and they've been checked. So that's an important thing. When it comes to toothpaste, whitening toothpaste, the abrasive nature is really important. So some of them have a lot of grit in that they're trying to polish the surface of the tooth, but some of them can have too much and then that can end up wearing, eroding enamel away. And going on to stress, I know we mentioned it earlier with the grinding and things that you can do with meditation and, you know, tools and tricks that you can do to help as well as Botox now, which is quite interesting. But there's something, I'm not sure if this is correct, but burning mouth syndrome. Yeah. Now, what is that? Because that's apparently related to stress. And that sounds quite scary saying that out loud. People are thinking, what is burning mouth syndrome? But what is it? So burning mouth syndrome is a syndrome or disorder where people feel them burning in the soft tissues of the mouth. So it's a psychological sensation of burning in the mouth. Now, this can be caused by stress because it's a psychological way that stress can take out in the soft tissues. It may be that that releases more cortisol and then that can affect the soft tissues. So it's something that people can feel a sensation of burning but it's not necessarily there. Then those things are having a blood test, assessing just to make sure there's no deficiencies and the balances of cortisol and the balances of these things in your system. And then you can use a natural remedy for the soft tissues is warm salt water. So it's a teaspoon of salt and a cup of warm water three to four times daily, particularly after food. And it's natural anti-inflammatory and it's naturally calming and it's naturally antibacterial. So this can help. Wow. So a real mixture. I mean, I read that the other day and I just thought that must be quite frightening if somebody's experiencing that. So anyone is listening to this and they have that, hopefully that was helpful. But lastly, it's like I want to end on because I think that this wasn't immediately related to dentistry, but I saw it on your blog and I found it really interesting. And I think we've all had that partner or dad or family member or mum, I say I'm being very stereotypical here, who snores. And you had a really fantastic article on your blog about snoring and how it can affect their partners. So what advice can you share with our listeners regarding that? Well, again, a really interesting question. It's a funny one because there are ways of helping to stop snoring. And snoring can range from anything, which is just lack of breathing and the sound, lack of breathing through the mouth and nose and just breathing through one area. But it can also range to sleep apnea, which is a more severe where people are gasping for breath, which can be quite dangerous. And the other thing is that improper breathing during the night can affect the amount of oxygen that's going to your system, your cardiovascular system, and also to your neurological centers, to the brain. And so oxygen is really important 
for the health of yourself. So these things are all important. Now, a funny thing is we have methods that can help. Obviously, there's surgical, but not surgical. There's certain mouth guards that are made anti-snoring devices. People have said that it saved their marriage. Wow. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> I can imagine though, because you'd end up sleeping in separate beds. I mean, I have to say my poor father doesn't listen to podcasts, so he won't hear this, but my, my poor dad, he does snore a lot and he just drops off in the afternoon and you're trying to watch a film and it's so loud. And I can imagine my poor mum, I don't know how she still managed to share a bed with him. It's so, it must really disturb her sleep. Yeah, so interestingly, these type of anti-snoring devices, you can buy some online, but they're not custom-made. So we generally would recommend a custom-made one where the dentist takes an impression or a digital scan, which is a new digital impression that can be used sometimes. And then the way that they work, it's called a mandibular posturing device, which just simply means moving the mandible forward and opening the airway. So it has a part on the top and a part on the bottom, and it's got a bit between that just allows the mandible to be open and forward and unlock and release the airway so people can breathe properly. And so you're not getting that noise of snoring coming through and it can have those advantages of allowing people to get more oxygen into their system and it's interesting how people who snore whether they know it or not in the morning they can often feel quite groggy or tired and they need to take deep breaths in the morning to re-oxygenate their system because they're not allowing to get that oxygen into their system during the night so there's many different types and things that go play into this. And as we said, severe is is sleep apnea and it makes it even more important. But yeah, I would definitely recommend for anyone who has a partner who's snoring a lot or is is snoring (laughs) to go and have a look at these anti-snoring devices. They are, I suppose, from all accounts from my patients, from everything that I've heard, they're absolutely brilliant. And far better and less invasive thing than surgical. Yeah, fantastic. So ending on that, I'd love to ask you, Dr. Richard, like how do you live well and be well? I think it's really important to look after yourself and then you can give more to other people. I think it's a really nice kind of look on it and reflection is actually, well, how do you live well and be well? And rather than actually saying, this is what I do, it's actually just saying, I just try to look after myself, try to just have that self-awareness. And I think that's a really important aspect that so many times, especially with our jobs and our families and our partners, we can get so consumed and we can forget that time for ourselves. So I think that's a really lovely answer. So I think we all need to take a bit of that time for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important to make sure you're not running on empty Mm. and you refill yourself and then you can give more to the people that you care about and the people around you. So, And then you're not going to be grinding your teeth and doing any of that. Hopefully (laughs) not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, it's good to have some self-reflection. Definitely. Yeah, we're all still going to live busy lives. You know, it's good to have that self-reflection and think, what can I do for myself and my health 
and my wellness. Definitely. This is what this podcast aims to bring. So that was a lovely answer. Coincided very well. (laughs) So can you just let all of the listeners know? I'm sure they'll want to go and read through your blogs. And I know you've got a podcast and things like that. So can you let people know your website and your handles and, and where people can find you? Yeah, brilliant. So um, firstly, website is www.drrichardlondon.com. That's all one word, drrichardlondon.com. For my social media, Instagram is one of the main um, social media, which is at dr underscore richard underscore. <laughs> Lots of underscores there. <laughs> or at Dr. Richard Clinics, which is all one word. You can also, from the website, you can email click through there's a contact form you can click through or you can call so there's many different ways to get in touch and we aim to respond as much as we can and as quickly as we can to everybody well i'll make sure i'll put that in the show notes in case anyone's trying to squiggle around with underscores and rewind it back five minutes so i'll put that all in the show notes so head there and you can find out all the information to where to contact dr richard and look at his fantastic platform which gives you lots of information and looks at all of his gorgeous celebrity clients thank you so much for coming on today we've learned so much about how important your dental health is and i really look forward to hopefully seeing you soon thank you very much thank you for inviting me on and thank you for visiting me in clinic Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Live Well, Be Well. I hope you found that really interesting. I certainly did. And there was lots of takeaways there that I'm going to put into my daily routines regarding my dental hygiene. If you want to know more about me, head to my website, which is sarahannmacklin.com. It's full of nutritional blogs. There's a big ebook to download regarding recipes and daily updates about events that I'm hosting. You can also head to BWA Collective, which is my not-for-profit organisation, which supports mental health. And you have lots of resources there, which can help you as well. Until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week and you all live well and be well. Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.